Hi everyone, I'm Joanna, and this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. I'm really, really excited because today I have an incredible co-host who isn't Jenny. Dana Hernandez it was a Miss Universe Puerto Rico title holder and is now a certified life coach, writer, influencer, and founder of Miss Empowered. Dana, estoy muy emocionada de conversar contigo hoy. Thank you so much for joining me on a Saturday morning. I'm like still not totally awake. <laughs> <laughs> you look amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. This is my first podcast ever. I what? am a fan. Yes, I know. It's the first time I'm on a podcast. I'm a fan. I listen to podcasts all the time and I can be more excited that to do it here with you. What type of podcast do you usually listen to? Oh my God. I love Call Her Daddy. Oh my I God. Love, yes. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, I love the one from Louis House. I love the one from Jay Shetty. I also hear to some that are in Spanish. There's a group of psychologists in Spain that have one called Entiende Tu Mente. Ah, que fino. They're really good. They're short podcasts and a lot of information. And there's this other one by an astrologist called Mi Astral. She's from Venezuela, which is also amazing. Those are my <gasps> favorites. How do I not know? Mi Astral, a, a fellow Venezuelan's podcast. I feel like a terror. They're exactly. going to revoke my passport. What am I talking about? They already revoked my passport. But they're going to re-revoke <laughs> my passport for not knowing. <laughs> She's amazing. Well, I'm like honored. This is your first podcast and that I am your, like, I'm like your, sh your Sherpa <laughs> into exactly. the realm of co-hosting podcasts. I wish it was exactly. someone less neurotic and anxious, but here we are. We're doing it together. And, and you're a of life course. coach, and I need that yes. in my life. So, you know. This is, this is amazing, and it's going to work out beautifully. So, Dana, you have such an interesting trajectory in your career. And I feel like, you know, like many uh, women in Latin America, which I think is something that Americans don't really understand, you yeah. sort of had your start in, in the world of pageantry, of beauty pageants. And that was sort of like a way for you to move forward and, and explore other things later in life. What was it like for you to, like, did you just wake up one day and say, yeah, I, I can do this. I can, I can be in the world of pageants. I mean, people are telling, people were probably telling you to do it. So it started for me really young. I did my first pageant when I was five years old and I won and I didn't even know I was winning. Like, I still remember to this day I was sitting, there was a, this huge group of girls uh -huh. and I heard my name. I heard my name being called on stage and I was like, why are they calling me? I was asking my little friends and then people from the pageant, they came to pick me up and then they crowned me. But I remember not knowing what was happening i didn't know because my mom signed me up without telling me oh my god because she didn't want to she didn't want to put that competition mindset in my head she wanted me to enjoy the moment and have fun which i was like i was hanging around with like, like my little friends and all that so i enjoyed it and i remember then they took my parents and me to like to take pictures and it was a great moment like i i really remember having a great time and then after that i was taking modeling lessons and i just I think it's something that me and my mom really shared. Mm -hmm. I also went to the Miss Universe, like when I was back in Puerto Rico, I think it was in el, en el 2000. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was the night that Tito Trinidad won as well. And Denise Quiñone, which was like a big moment for Puerto Rico. And I was like, I think I want to do that. That's the moment you saw a Puerto Rican queen win and you were like, oh, this is something I can do and I can accomplish. Yeah. And I was already modeling back then. So I just, you know, started that trajectory, but... You know, it's not all like 
glitters yeah. and mm -hmm. what you see. There's so much that goes behind it that taught me so much about myself. Gave me a little bit of trauma too. Yeah. But mm -hmm. that's what we're here for, you know, like learning, healing, and hopefully sharing that knowledge with people so that they don't go what I went through. You know, I'm from Venezuela and Venezuela, you know, Miss Venezuela is probably the most important thing. As a woman, you're like four years old and people are like, I said Miss Venezuela. You're going to be Miss for Universe, sure. you know? Venezuela is the most beautiful, like the country with the most beautiful women in the world. I mean, everyone has an aunt that was Miss Venezuela. I have an aunt that was Miss Venezuela. <laughs> and I remember as a kid watching Miss Venezuela religiously. Like I absolutely loved watching the pageant like it was like a, a point yeah. of 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 national pride for sure you know how how people watch the olympics like i think a lot of yes. latin americans watch miss universe almost uh, actually more than the olympics i think for us latinos miss universe it's like our super bowl uh-huh in my house we would sit down the whole family to watch it sometimes we would even like invite friends and, he, and everyone would pick their favorite and their top five and it was this whole thing you yeah. know, and for me, it was also a learning curve. Like I, I was there like looking at the dresses and, you know, how they were answering and maneuvering themselves. But for sure, like I think culturally, it's such a big thing for us Latinos. You were talking about trauma and how, how difficult it was. And it, that wasn't all like beauty and makeup. And yeah. actually, it's, it's, it's really competitive. It's really tough. I want to hear more about that. And yeah. the one tiny sort of inkling I had into your world because, you know, I was never Miss Universe or Miss Venezuela. Could be. You know, I think I've given up. But, you know, <laughs> in my house, let me tell you, I am Miss Venezuela. Uh, you can tell my parents and my husband. Uh, they vote for me every for day. Sure. But I remember one time, there's a person in Venezuela who's kind of like the guru of Miss Venezuela's. They, it, he is a person that is in charge of the surgeries that they go through, the the makeup, the in Venezuela. It's, it is it is such an intense industry, and I remember meeting this guru, and. I was like young, I was maybe 15, 16, so I still had the delusion that maybe I could be a pageant queen, even though I am the clumsiest person, I can't walk with heels. <laughs> and I met him and I'm very tall, I'm 5'9". And I was like, oh, hola, <laughs> you know, oh, like maybe I could be Miss Venezuela. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, hmm, he looks me up and down and he goes, well, yeah, you're tall. That's the one thing I can't fix. That's crazy. So if you let me do whatever, I'll fix your this. I'll fix this. I'll fix this. You'll have to not eat. You'll have to. And I was just like, it was a joke. I was 15 and I was like, oh my God, this is, you're good. You want to change every element of me? You're not, you're just telling me I'm ugly basically. Like, yeah. And at that moment I was like, I had this new respect of people think this is easy. This, this is remarkably difficult, probably also on the soul. Yes. And that's exactly the thing. There's this beauty standard in beauty pageants and whoever doesn't fit that standard is labeled as ugly, wrong, or you just don't fit in. And everyone makes sure that you know that you're not that standard. And that's exactly what happened to me. When I was a kid, I was able to tell that a lot of these girls had lots of money and big teams behind them. And I just had my me and my mom with a $50 dress that we found in some corner store in, in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. But my mom, she's always been like, I would say like my mindset coach. She's always been like, oh, that's not what's important, your essence. And so since she was so good at that, I never paid attention when I was growing up. But the first time I remember got going to like a like the biggest modeling agency in Puerto Rico, I was maybe 13 at the time. And they were like, oh, your thighs are too big. You have to lose like 
15 pounds and I was already skinny at the time. Oh my God. I was skinnier than I am right now. And I remember hearing that and being like, they're crazy. Like mm. I'm skinny right now. And someone really close to me was like, well, but that's just the way the industry works. If you want to make it, you have to, you know, sacrifice, be disciplined. And you tell me, you talk to me about discipline. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do everything that I have to do to go from point A to point B because that's just the way I work. And I really took it upon myself to lose the weight, to work out. And it was never enough. Like mm -hmm. I started working out. I gained muscle very easily. So I started working out. I enjoyed it. I got into CrossFit a lot. I was too muscular. And then I lost too much weight. Then my eyes were too droopy and I looked sad. So there was always like, there was no way of you, of, of everyone being like, oh, she's perfect now. You yeah, know, never. people had always something to say. And growing up, with that all around you, like that was a very toxic environment and it really took a toll on my self-image. Like I really grew up thinking sometimes that I was like, I had these days where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm beautiful, I love myself. But then I had days when I'm like, I'm disgusting. You know, mm -hmm. because you start comparing yourself to others and you know, there's in the modeling industry and in pageant industry, not every girl has to diet, you know, like some girls are just naturally skinny and they can eat four burgers and they're still mm -hmm. like this and mm -hmm. there's girls that literally breathe too much into a salad and they get bloated <laughs> which was which was my case for a while bro and it was just so hot it was so much pressure and i remember being so mean to myself and my body and just trying to get around and that's basically how i ended up where i am today because at, at one point i was like I am not gonna be my my worst enemy. I can't keep doing that to myself after so many crazy things that happened. And I just decided to start working with what I have and start a self love and discovery journey. Mm -hmm. And it took me to build Miss Empowered. But I literally I, I went through the body dysmorphia. I went through the eating disorders. I went through oh my god, so much stuff. I mean, that probably is the reason that you're like, oh, I, I want to be a life coach. Like, I want to help yes. people in their, yes. like, get through to the light. Like, figure out what is it about themselves that makes them special because you were constantly placed in situations where you were being compared. Yes. Mira, I compare myself to other comedians all the time and it makes me feel awful. Yeah. And like at the very least, it's not about how I look. And, you know, as an actor, as, an, as someone on camera, I was noticing when I was doing more acting and less writing, and this is not a beauty pageant, this is just being in front of the camera. I was being so hard on myself. It, yeah. it, it It's like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, look, like I should do this, my hair, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, but I think in particular women, we are, we're told our self-worth is inextricably linked to how we look. For sure. Even as a writer, I'm like, I'm sitting, there's been a liberation I felt of like, now I'm, a, I'm more a writer, like in my day to day, I wake up and I just go and I write. And there's a freedom I feel when I look in the mirror where I'm like, I just have to look fine for myself today. And mm -hmm. that's honestly the hardest person to, <laughs> to yes. impress. But that liberty to be like, no one is going to be looking at me and judging me today for how I look and how I look on camera. It, it, I didn't realize how much of a toll it was for me. And I can't imagine the added pressure of you're literally being judged. All the time. With numerical value. <laughs> yeah, from one to ten, you literally have. Because now after I competed, I've been on the other side. I've been a judge in pageants. And, you know, the the way it goes down is is crazy. But that's what you said right there is 
basically the most important thing. Like you don't have to impress anyone and you don't have to, you know, rely yourself on anyone's validation, but your own. And that's the hardest part because if you go around life thinking, oh, what does this person think about me? Or what does this person think about me? You're screwed because everyone can only see you the way that they see themselves. Mm -hmm. What I learned like through all of this is that you can't identify yourself when everyone's clapping for you or when everyone's like bashing you because that's just a reflection of what they have in their minds. And that may sound like super simple, but like really acknowledging it and living through it, it can be so hard. I always tell myself, I'm like, Joanna, you're you're self-confident and you yeah. are a rock star. 20 minutes later. <sighs> yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Like I can't I I I I'm like, I want to be nicer to myself. And I'm like, I mean, bitch, the fuck? Why are you this way to me? And it's because it's like and when I'm like out walking around, like I go from like two things. I'm like, everyone's looking at me, they think I look insane because I have a pimple on my left cheek. And then I'm like, literally nobody cares. <laughs> Why am I? And it, and I think it's because I've been trained to be concerned about what other people think about me. I think we have to unlearn it. Yes. I think it's just a lot of unlearning. You, you were taught that. I think it was society. I don't know if we're born being this intense about, it. I mean, we didn't have mirrors as cavemen, yes. you know, we had to look at like a reflection in a puddle of water. That's not a very accurate depiction. We probably were just yes. like, I got to survive and eat some protein and die at the age of 20. Like this is a new societal thing. For sure. No. And, and you said something and that's the key. Like we were taught that this was a beauty standard, but we also accepted it because the only way it can be a society beauty standard is if everyone complies, you know? Yeah. Oh, so at some point, everyone was like, yes, we accept that as the norm. And little by little, which is what I really love about what's happening with, you know, the media, with people speaking their truth, body positivity. It's like, okay, fine. You may be in a weight that you're not comfortable with, but that doesn't mean that you have to bash yourself and hate on yourself until you make a goal. Like you can be your best self that you are at this point, you can love yourself how you are now. And that is the only way you're going to get to point B. So this that that's happening with like bigger companies, like showing more inclusivity on their campaigns. Like some people are, oh, they're just doing that because, you know, it's what's in it's fashion. They don't really mean that whatever they're doing it for, you know, like they're portrayed different ways of beauty and different ways of living. And slowly, slowly, but surely, people are going to catch up to it. The people that have not yet. But we shouldn't bash someone just because they look different. That's the beauty of everyone. And it's interesting that you're saying this because look at us como niñitas in our countries. I, a eight-year-old Joanna who clearly didn't really understand what her trajectory in life was, I saw Miss Venezuela, and that was one of the few times I see women on TV speaking. When I was growing up, we weren't at this point where there were a lot of female daytime show hosts and, and comedians on TV and this, that, and the other. Like th Those weren't really things I saw, but I saw these women, and I wanted, I wanted to be them. Yeah. And I can't imagine seeing people with different body types as, as an eight-year-old and then how I'd feel now because I think a lot of the unlearning is like that's what we saw when our brains were forming we were like this is a, this is the standard of beauty and I must fit in that standard of beauty or I I'm ugly yeah. and beauty standards are as you said I love how you said it it's like we all have to comply for it to work like in the 1800s a beauty standard that was sexy 
was painting your veins blue. Crazy. It's crazy. And then beauty standard that was sexy in, in China, feet binding. And that was like, they would wrap women's feet in like to look like lotus flowers in China and that so that women wouldn't be able to walk so that men had to carry them everywhere that was seen as sexy oh my god like like that was like oh fuck yeah look at them little lotus feet that's sexy like be, like beauty standards are absolutely <sighs> psycho yeah when you have some perspective we don't have to go further in a hundred years like you can literally go back a few years when the Marilyn Monroe's of the world, you know, being being curvy, like extra mm -hmm. curvy and looking that way was sexy. Then being super skinny, like the the los 2000, donde cuando se estaba de moda Lindsay Lohan for his Hilton, like literally being so skinny and those low rise jeans, you know, and then Kim Kardashian. And now every woman out there wants to get a BBL like it shifts with time. Even culturally, yeah. I saw a video the other day that was talking about, oh, en, en el tiempo que estaba de moda, everything that you would see on movies was like blonde girls, blonde, white girls. And now you see more variety. And I saw a girl say, oh, that Latinos are now parte de la moda. And I'm like, I get what she's saying. But the idea is like not to make culture parte de la moda. The idea is to everyone, for everyone to feel welcome and celebrated in their own culture, that they don't feel ashamed because they're Latino. You should be comfortable and enjoy where you're from. The idea that people can be in and out of fashion like low-rise jeans is insane. <laughs> like, it's mind-boggling. Like, no, now you're not in style. You're going to have to wait another 20 years for you to be in style anymore. It's like... Like skin, skinny jeans are not even a thing anymore. I know. It's, it's traumatizing for me. I love skinny jeans. I mean, me de la tolera, but damn. <laughs> yeah. Or or la, the the side part the side part that means that means we're old. I mean, I, I saw a video on TikTok that said uh, to the older generation on TikTok late late nineties. I'm like, what? I was born in 1996. I'm 25. Why why are you calling me old? <sighs> I know. Wow. You know, before the internet, young people didn't have all these ways to remind you you were old. <laughs> crazy you'd just be walking down the street with your newspaper like oh hey sunny boy and they'd be like hello madam and you're like oh my god maybe i am old oh, jesus but now Christ. we like turn on our, <laughs> we turn on our our cell phones and it's like millennials and they're harry potter they're old it's like <laughs> yeah yeah or they they talk about whatever we went through when we were younger and they're like oh this is aesthetic vintage and i'm like vintage for who like no wow. way. I, I like One Direction. That was like literally two years ago. Also, you're way younger. You're seven years younger than me. So I'm a whole like Tamagotchi Furby generation away from uh, you. Excuse me. I had many Tamagotchis and I strived to keep my babies alive. Oh my God. I, I had no keys, only Tamagotchis hanging on my on oh my, my God. thing. You were a single mom like me. I yes. had I had three Tamagotchis and yes. it was so hard to feed them as a third grader. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about beauty standards. Is there something like in the beauty pageant world, you know, in, in Venezuela, there's, there was a case of a woman, a really beautiful contestant who was more Afro-Latina and she got so much hate for looking that way because she didn't have eurocentric features did is that something you also saw in your time in in the in the pageant world that sort of shocked you or or is that something you you sort of noticed later on i feel like the pageant industry was for a very long time extremely rigid in the way that they wanted their women to look at least in puerto rico mm. it, you had to be 
you know, five eight or above. You had to be white. You had to be super skinny. Your hair had to be long. No big waves. Big makeup. And if you didn't fit that norm, you weren't considered as beautiful.、Mm-hmm. Like my curly hair, that has been a journey with me. Like I recently, last summer, started wearing my hair naturally. I had phobia of letting my my curls like just be like they are because I thought that I looked. I, and this was ingrained in me, like that curly hair was unprofessional, that it was that you were like not taking care of yourself, like you just it's messy,、mm-hmm. and all those things were ingrained in my head. And just because you heal something doesn't mean you're done, because you heal that, and then there's another thing that comes up, and another thing that comes up, and another thing that comes up, and you're like, wow. Like when I he- first heard the word trauma, I thought to myself, I don't have any trauma, because I thought trauma like. All my family works at hospitals, so I thought trauma was like, oh, you had a car crash and you have trauma on your shoulder or your back.、Mm-hmm. So I was like, when I first started reading self-help books, I was like, I don't have any trauma, I'm fine. But unconsciously, there's a lot of stuff stored in there that slowly but surely starts coming out as you keep growing old. And I feel like that's where we, where you have to say, okay, I'm gonna attend to this because I want to be better and I want to heal this. And You know, if you don't heal, what bothers you? You'll bleed on people that never cut you. That's what they say. Oh wow! So maybe you didn't choose to have that trauma, but it is our responsibility to heal it.、Mm-hmm. That that has been my journey. They never made me feel like the way that I looked was not part of the norm, but they did make me feel that the way my body looked was not adequate to what I was, you know, striving for. Oh my God! Yeah. Ah、oh, man, like I'm, I'm. I know that you're. You're letting go a lot of the the these restrictions and stuff. Yeah. But aren't you like relieved? <laughs> like, yes. I feel like you know now now you 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 have a life that isn't that, and it's like you must feel a sense of peace. Mira,、um, I grew up my whole life thinking that I was gonna win Miss Universe. Like I'm very much into the law of attraction, and I I know I manifested. Winning Miss Puerto Rico because I saw it so many times in my head before it happened. And I, since I was a little girl, everyone that you would ask, my teachers and everyone, they knew I was gonna go to Miss Universe. Like, literally, I had teachers that had pictures of me in their classrooms because I just I always worked for that.、Mm-hmm. And when I went to compete in Miss Universe, the Hurricane Maria happened, and then a lot of things happened during my preparation. And I, I didn't place. I didn't place as a finalist in Miss Universe. And I remember being on stage, and not even being able to look at my family because I was so. I felt guilty. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I had let my country down, and that took me. I, I fell into depression after that because it's like、mm-hmm. I think I felt like Miss Universe was my key to everything that I wanted in life. You know, so when you have that big expectation and it's taken away from you. I fell into a little hole, but then shortly after, I came across with all these things about myself, like healing, and I created Miss Empowered, which is basically the result of me healing everything that I went through, and me not wanting other girls to、mm-hmm. go what I went through in the industry and and with myself. And I do feel super liberated because I think through my whole life I played. This good girl and I fell into the good girl syndrome of like not saying too much because you don't want to disturb anyone's peace. Dressing how people want you to dress, sitting like they want you to sit, always saying the right thing. And there came a point where I'm like, I want to 
take other type of pictures. I want to wear my hair differently. I want to do my makeup differently. I want to talk differently. I want to talk how I talk, you know, and it's tricky. It's tricky. It's definitely a process, but I do feel more like myself. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't myself before, because I think I've always, I've always been super genuine and tried to be authentic to that Mm -hmm. version of myself, but I definitely felt a pressure to fit in a certain standard that I just don't have that pressure anymore. It's interesting how I think for you, it was such in a, in such a distilled moment, right? Cause you either win Miss Universe or you don't. Yeah. And everyone is very young when you compete for me. You don't see a lot of like 60 year old women competing for Miss Universe. So, yeah. you know, it's either you make it or not at a very, very, very young age. And I can't imagine that kind of pressure. Like, And we see it with athletes as well, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a pressure to be the best so early in life. And I've had to unlearn that as well, even though my career doesn't necessarily depend on a moment in time where either you win or you don't. Mm -hmm. But even then, it's sort of this unlearning, like, oh, women in their 30s or women in their 40s or women in their 50s. Okay, there's things, there's like things that you're supposed to do during this time. And if you don't do them, you're a failure. And I think once I turned 30, there was a paradigmatic shift in my brain. I don't know if it was hormones. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I just changed what I was eating. I don't know what it was. But it felt like timelines didn't matter. I'm still unlearning a bit of it because I'm like, oh my God, my friends are having children and I can't even keep a plant alive. Like what's going on? But like there's these points in life you think you have to hit. And then I think the failures, you know, I failed so many times in my career just When I was 25, I was failing left and right. I was not getting any writing gig. I was not getting any acting gig. I was was failing, 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 failing. And I thought that was the end. I thought that was like, I'm never going to make it. I think without those failures, there's absolutely no way I'd have the tools to do the work that I do today. Totally. Oh, I wish time travel was a thing. I wish I could go up to Joanna who was crying at her, like, in a bar. Like, I'm never gonna, like, bitch, relax. And I, you know, I, you you can't do that, you know, yet. Who knows? Maybe 60-year-old Joanna will show up tonight and be like, "Mm, guess what? But, like, there is, there is a, an expectation. We put ourselves to expectations, not only in beauty, but in, like, hallmarks and, and, and sort of these things. Like, you, we have succeeded here and now. And you had it so distilled that it must have been such a trauma to like just move on from it. Yes. And also when you're put on this frame like of of beauty pageant, there's it feels like there's a very limited things that you can do or that you need to do things that keep you up to that standard. You know, that's what I thought at a certain moment, you know, and when all this happened, I was still finishing my bachelor's. And then I moved to LA and I started working at a PR firm and I was there for a year. And I remember I felt it's not my thing, not my thing. I, I couldn't do the nine to five job. I was extremely unmotivated. I, I was a little bit depressed. I, was, I also had moved countries. I gained a lot of weight and I felt so trapped. Mm-hmm. I felt so trapped because I was like, well, Miss Universe didn't work. I finished my bachelor's, so this has to be it for me, you know? Like, I knew it wasn't because of the environment that I was in because my coworkers were, like, amazing. My boss was literally, like, the best. Like, I still keep in touch with him. And one day I had a conversation with him. I was, like, I was talking to him about how I was feeling. I remember that moment I was 
you know, like sort of like in the influencer part of the of the agency. So I was seeing how we would hire influencers and all that. And I already had people that followed me because of the Miss Puerto Rico thing. So I was like, I think I can do this. I want to do this. I don't know where to start. It's it's fearful because, you know, I need money to live, you know, and I was working at the firm. So I remember I had a conversation with my with my boss and he was like, you have to do what fills your heart, this and that. And he was like, he told me this one thing that really stuck with me. He said, fail quickly. And at the end of the day, nothing is really a failure because everything serves as ammunition as to what we're going to do today. Like, what would my life be like if I would have won Miss Universe? Like, mm. I don't even care to know. Like, because I am so good right now with the life that I'm living. And I also understand that if I hadn't gone through those things, maybe I wouldn't have created Miss Empowered. Maybe I wouldn't have healed my wounds. I would still think that weighing 115 and 120, that was success. Maybe I would still be in that yeah. mindset, you know? Because you would have been validated. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like that not having happened and everything that happened after has taken me. And this feels like such like a pageantry answer. Like, oh, it's brought me <laughs> to where I am today. I don't regret anything about my life. You know, but at the same time, it's like, yes. Like, that is true. Like, everything that I went through has brought me to where I am today. And everything that I learned is going to serve for something, you know? Yeah, I've I've been thinking a lot about regrets, right? Um, my, my grandpa is uh, 96, and he's like, I don't have any regrets. Uh, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> dude. And I, I, I like that thought. But then I, I was thinking about what regrets I have. And I think my biggest regrets are how I've spoken to myself and how hard I've been on myself. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm like, dude, why did I tell myself that? Like, why did I tell myself I couldn't do that? Why didn't I? Oh, and it's because every other external barrier I can sort of like craft into a story. Do you know what I'm saying? For sure. I had, I had a horrible skin cancer last year and it was a treacherous debacle. And while I was going through it, I was like, I mean, it's going to make for a really funny story one day. <laughs> and oh. maybe I'll write a movie or not. like, maybe it'll just be a story I tell like many people at a cocktail party. I don't know. It's an, it's ammunition in life that give, makes me more interesting. You literally read my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right? With the, even with the ammunition word, because when we were talking about earlier about failures, I was like, yeah, you could decide to look at it as failures and like life just throwing things at you. But you could also see it as part of your success story of what you're going to tell people when you finally make it and understand that it's part of your journey. I went to this Oprah conference and she said this thing. Everyone is so used to celebrate the highs, mm -hmm. the highs, the highs when the, the person wins or when they get the, the magazine cover, whatever. But no one celebrates the valleys. And everyone goes through it in silence. Mm -hmm. And the valleys are hard, you know, because you're faced with so many things about yourself. But in the valley is literally where the high or whatever you want to call it is made. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you get to the high, then that's it. You know, like you're there. And that's just how life is going to be. You know, so the, the highs and the lows, that's what makes part of the journey. And it's how we go through those highs and lows that really make us who we are. So... Shifting the mindset of like winning or failure has really helped me. I love reading people's biographies and I love reading people's stories and how they, you know, how did Winston Churchill become Winston Churchill? How did freaking Amy Poehler become Amy Poehler? And the parts that make it interesting are how they struggled, you know, like mm -hmm. you don't watch a movie or like 
connect with a character who has everything perfect in life. You you connect with the person that had struggles. That's what that is what is ultimately human. It's one of the things I love so much about comedy is perfect people can't do comedy because mm-hmm. no one is gonna want to laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? If someone's like, <laughs> no. "My life is great," and here's a joke about other people, it's like that's not funny. Yeah, you you can be funny because you have to you have to make fun of yourself in a way that that reveals struggle. And I think with the work that you're doing, you're sort of breaking down things I I didn't know about the industry and expectations I may have had about you or other beauty contestants. Like mm-hmm. you guys work so hard and it's it's such a difficult world. And then you guys have to reinvent and and look within yourself in a world that compares. Yeah. And I think that is that is that is probably why you're such a great lifestyle coach. And before we leave, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do with Miss Empowered. So Miss Empowered was born because it's my baby. <laughs> um, right after I decided to leave the job of, at the PR firm, I I write a lot. I love journaling. So it started as like in my main page, there was a lot of fashion at the time. I was the fashion influencer when I was living in LA. That's where it started. And like when I would talk too much about self-help and law of attraction and all that, it felt like it was not me. Mm-hmm. But then when I talked too much about fashion and makeup and all that, it didn't feel too much like me either because mm. they both live in me. So I decided to create Miss Empowered. And first I was using it to like put cute pictures and like journaling prompts and tips and whatever. And I started organizing a live event in L.A., And shortly the pandemic started and that's where I knew that it was very big because they canceled my event sponsors pulled out because of everything that was happening with COVID. So I put myself on hold for a while and I was like, I can't keep living on hold. So I started hosting online workshops and it went amazing. But then what it would happen to me is that would people would stay at the end of the workshop to like try and like ask me questions or guidance on something. And even if I didn't know the answer because maybe I had gone through it or I read it in a book and I wanted to share with them, I didn't feel like it was right. I didn't feel like it was like, maybe if it was a close friend, I would tell you like, girl, yeah, you have to do this. You have to get away from that situation. But I didn't feel equipped to do it without a certification or or anything. So I took that time during the pandemic to certify myself as a life coach. And then I started hosting one-on-one sessions. Oh, and these are for girls that are in the in the pageantry world? It's for everyone. Like, I've literally had girls that are in pageantry. I've had girls that are going through a breakup. I have girls that are going through transitions. And what I noticed is, like, the topics and the people that I bring to my community is people that have gone through or are going through what I have been open that I've gone through. Like, I've been very open about my eating disorders and body dysmorphia so I have a lot of those and I also talk about a lot of like mindset and how mindset really is everything in life like the way you see things that happen to you is 99% of how your results are going to be and I've lived that in the flesh so I constantly share about that so little by little Miss Empowered became this community of women just trying to uplift each other and Mm -hmm. in the workshops it's like Nobody wants to talk in the beginning and it's only me, but then one shares their experience and then they all want to talk mm-hmm. and they want to bounce ideas with each other. So it's this really cool space. Like I literally just had my first live event here in Miami two weeks ago 
and hopefully, God willing, the first of many. And the idea is to create this space where everyone feels welcomed. Mm -hmm. Everyone feels welcome, no matter your age, no matter your walk of life, like you're in this community with women where you understand the power in collaboration over competition. And that comes from like me competing my whole life, you know? So it's to celebrate and empower each other and bring out the best in each other. That's great. That's what Miss Empowered is for. You know, looking at others is part of a competition we place on ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's so wonderful that you're doing something for people to look within themselves because man, life's too short. For sure. To spend time stressing out about other people, you know what I mean? For sure. Uh, so you're in Miami. I was excited that maybe yeah. you'd be in Los Angeles because I'm here right now, but I go to Miami oh. all the time. I'd love to meet you in person. Yes. And maybe grab a coffee, you know. Coffee, Chat about lunch. girl power. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll let you know when I'm back there. Well, if I'm ever in LA or you're ever in Miami, I'd love for us to catch up and finally meet in person. We're doing um, it. Dana yes. and Joanna. That's that's it's what it's, it's going to be. <laughs> Dana and Joanna are going to take over. I love this. I love being here on the podcast, hyphenated. Thank you for this experience and for your time. No, but I said, oh my God, you're so proper. I love it. Thank you for your time then i was like oh my god girl let's go get lit when you're here thank you so much for being here and for your time then <laughs> no way <laughs>